Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-fiving friends. I'm so excited to be on here today with you guys, and I have an awesome guest to introduce. Today, we're going to be chatting with Christina Woods. So Christina is a licensed rapid transformational therapist, clinical hip therapist, empowerment coach, and Reiki master. She combines her background in corporate leadership along with her life experiences dealing with trauma and abandonment to empower other women to trust their intuition and set themselves free of self-doubt. As the CEO and founder of Why Woods Hypnotherapy, Wise Woods, I'm sorry, hypnotherapy and coaching, Christina has extensive experience working on complex challenges and pulling potential out of others so that they can become self-reliant individuals. Through this deep hypnotherapy and coaching work, she empowers women to shed old programming so they can live their life that they deserve. She has been honing her intuition and spiritual energy practice throughout her entire life, and it is this experience, knowledge, and wisdom that she brings to every client during each session. Christina wants everyone to stop looking outside for what they need and instead look inside themselves. She helps her clients step into their true, authentic selves, free of self-sabotaging behavior, so they can live a life full of deep meaning and potential. Welcome, Christina. Oh, thank you so much. It's yeah. great to be here. Good. So I will have you kind of start by, um, I know I gave a little bit of your background, but tell us kind of how you got to the work you're doing today. Yeah, sure. So I actually had a 30-year corporate career before I did this. Oh, wow. This is my second career. Yeah. And um, I had a, a, a career in higher education and I was in the consulting and sales and marketing. So very, very different than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I had one of those moments where I thought this is just not fulfilling and my life started to um, unravel. I started to have anxiety and some health issues and a marriage that you know fell apart after a very long time. And it was a, a time in my life where I really had to just look within and start doing some work and figure out, you know, what did I want to do? And throughout that process, um, I decided, all right, you know what, you want to help and and do something. And I really felt a calling to to help other women and other people. I primarily work with women Mm -hmm. uh, really find that voice inside where they don't have to seek like I did uh, the job, the raise, the promotion, the whatever that you think is going to make you happy because we all know that eventually you'll realize that doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, that really resonated with me when I was reading that of, you know, looking internally um, because I have the conversation regularly with my um, clients in counseling about external validation and that our internal creates the external. And so I really feel like um, it is such a beautiful thing that you're highlighting that in your work. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so uh, validated in our world that, Mm -hmm. you know, go big or go home, or, you know, if you do this and get that, everything's going to be great. And, you know, it doesn't take away from the fact that we want to strive and grow and evolve. But when we think that makes us a better parent or a better partner, or a better friend or a better person or worthy, that's when things get dangerous and not good. Yeah, it's very true. It's um, 
it reminds me of a part in uh, The Gifts of Imperfection, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. where she talks about that perfectionistic tendency and how when we put all of our worthiness and value and confidence in achievements, that we're actually doing a self-sabotaging behavior with perfectionism. Oh, absolutely. And I, that's, you know, I grew up really believing that to get out of my situation and trauma mm-hmm. that, oh, I'll just really excel. I'll become a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll be the A student, go to college, you know, do those things um, even better. And so that's what I, I thought I, I made it, um, you know, the great career and got married and picket fence and, and those things. And for a long time, I thought, well, this is working, you know, mm-hmm. this is great. And until it wasn't, it wasn't right. enough. And, you know, you had to start looking inside because I didn't feel I deserved or was worthy any of any of it. And the self-sabotage started to really flare up. And that was when I realized, all right, why do I keep doing this? And that's also what I work with my clients on is mm-hmm. why do we keep doing these things? And when you start to see a pattern that's a perfect time to say, well, let's, why do you do all those things? And let's really find out. And what are we really seeking? So, yeah, I, I want to ask you more about the self-sabotaging and kind of what your answer was to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, before you kind of hit on this point that I really liked that you said, um, this idea of looking at, um, I kind of, Now I'm trying to remember your exact words for it. I'm Um, so glad that doesn't happen to just me. (laughs) No, I was like, I loved what you said. And I wanted to say exactly how you said it. Um, But anyways, this idea of how we look at that external validation for kind of other people, again, going to that perfectionistic, like the societal views of the picket fence, the job and these things. Mm -hmm. And we look at how um, that doesn't fulfill us. And we get to this point where we wonder why. So with the self-sabotaging piece, we'll just go into that piece. Cause now I'm like, that's not, we're just going to move through that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me self-sabotaging. What was sure, the answer? Sure. Well, even before I, I answer that, you know, what happens sometimes is you start to get guilt, like, but I do have everything. So why don't I feel mm-hmm. happy? Why, why am I not, am I never satisfied? Am I just one of those people that has to have mm-hmm. more and more? And it, and it's, that's, that's when, you really, I had, that's when I had to stop and and look inside because I thought, well, geez, I really do have, (laughs) I keep getting promoted. I keep Mm -hmm. having more and more and I keep feeling less and less. Mm -hmm. So, you know, self, self self-sabotage is really comes down to that feeling of not believing that you're enough. Mm -hmm. And that, that greatest fear in all of us, which is just rejection and mm-hmm. and not not being connected, not feeling connected, not feeling like we belong, and doing something to get in the way of the possible rejection. So whether it be drinking too much, spending too much, doing something too much, mm-hmm. procrastination was one that was very big in my life, mm-hmm. spending too much, whatever. So that that could get blamed or I could point at that or do that thing rather than this, you know, I could, I could, you know, stop it before it became that other thing. So I could blame myself or I could blame that thing before, you know, we had to really look at the real issue. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it always comes down to, I don't think enough, I I don't think I'm enough and Mm -hmm. let, let it happen because not being enough or feeling connected is far too painful and and Mm -hmm. far too bigger of a monster to deal with. 
Yeah, it definitely is. I think, uh, you know, we talk about this idea of rejection and how, you know, as a human, you can say, obviously, yeah, rejection doesn't feel good, but it goes so much deeper than we realize, right? It goes back to that basic human need of wanting to be accepted and needing that connection. And so, like you said, we put those things in front of us and then we get this idea of, um, well, I don't need other people because, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Or, um, you know, I, I'm not going to do that anyways, because that's, that's not what I really want when you're lying to yourself about that piece, because you're afraid of that rejection, like you highlighted. Oh, right. Right. And, you know, a lot of women I work with are very successful. They could stand on their own, you know, their own feet, pay their own bills, pay their own way. And so this, that's very hard for them to grasp, like, but I'm so independent. I'm Mm -hmm. so strong. I'm so, you know, and, I I can really relate to that because obviously the universe is bringing me these clients that you know resonate really. Uh-huh. I'm continuing to grow and evolve, but the way I protected myself and a lot of us do is I don't need anybody else yeah. because if I have to rely on anybody else, uh oh, that's very dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of history there where that was not something I could rely on, and so you know the the inner work for me to realize. Gosh, I'm I'm be I'm a workaholic. I invest all my time in my validation in this outside thing because I don't want to trust anybody else because uh-huh. that hurt a lot when I did and it didn't work out. And now I need to build that back up and find out why I didn't. And when I did do that, not only did I I was able to change and leave a career after 30 years and build something new, but I just found that I ate healthier. I spent less money, frivolous things that I just didn't even, they weren't even important. Mm -hmm. And I find that with clients too is, and I'm sure you do is Mm -hmm. things they come to you for. Sure. They improve, but other areas of their life, they didn't even anticipate Mm -hmm. start to flourish and change because we don't really realize the ripple effect that not feeling enough has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As an, I primarily um, function as an addiction counselor and Mm -hmm. I feel like that concept you just talked about is so impactful because I have clients tell me, oh my gosh, I stopped drinking and I didn't realize that, um, you know, I was going to have all this joy in my career that I thought I hated before. Right. And it's this idea that you're numbing out not only the good, but also the bad. And like you said, we go into that self-protection mode. You kind of highlighted this piece of, you know, if I put these things in front of me, then I don't have to identify that I'm a workaholic or I'm, you know, have an addiction or whatever it is. Um, But there's a lot of difference in that when we do look at it and you start to ask yourself, well, what am I really enforcing by that piece? I'm enforcing to my subconscious mind that that's not important to me or that I'm not important. Right. Right. And I, that I actually have needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. It is. And, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, you know, clients and especially with hypnotherapy and mm-hmm. the subconscious work I do is identifying, yes, you have needs mm-hmm. and let's talk about and let you feel what having needs feels like, because so often we just bury that fact that, well, gosh, if I have needs and they're not met, you know, that's, that's, it's dangerous. It doesn't feel safe. It triggers so many things. It's, you know, then it can be validated. I, uh, it appears that I'm not 
that I'm not enough because those needs aren't met. So, you know, I, I noticed when I switched careers, you know, I, I left because that corporate culture was so, you know, I was done. I had a great career, but it was mm-hmm. very, very high stress and high strung. But I did notice when I left, I started to recreate it. Mm. And and I went to my therapist and, and was doing some EMDR and some mm-hmm. other things for trauma. And I said, um, I'm going to just, you know, share the cat out of the box here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm recreating here. I know mm-hmm. that I am. I'm recreating the drama and the chaos. And can we please figure out why? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to repeat exactly what I did. I left that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's talk about why, because, you know, you know, I, I, I can see it. I don't know how to change it. Can we change it? So, right. Um, that happens often. So. Yeah, it does. And I, again, that kind of, I see that with, you know, my clients a, a lot of this idea of I'm, you know, if I just move or if I just stop drinking, but that's where we get into this lovely idea of cross addiction and that it's not the situation, right? We create that situation going back to that idea where you're talking about the internal creating the external, right? That idea we can identify that we're self-sabotaging, but then we do get stuck in that place of, okay, great. Now I know I'm self-sabotaging yet again, instead of, okay, what's the solution to move through Mm -hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, exploring, exploring those areas that we're not consciously aware of is so powerful, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, you know, we can, we can, we can have a conversation about, yeah, okay, these, these things happened to me, and I'm sure they weren't great. And, you know, I, we understand logically, but once we're able to really explore how powerful something like our subconscious mind is, mm-hmm. then it's so, it's so, I love this opportunity to share with people that once we peek under the tent of your subconscious and it's, it's not, you know, there's so much magic in there to be able to explore and release and set free and rewire and recode and, Mm -hmm. and, and allow you to actually find your true self. Yeah. I think, you know, we think about the subconscious in this big, scary way because it's the unknown. Um, But I like how you talked about that piece of, you know, we can rewire and really use it because I think we also don't understand how you use the word patterns earlier, how many of these patterns are running through our subconscious mind that are actually dictating our day-to-day life, right? Like I, I know I read a study in that that long ago and it was talking about, um, I believe I've shared this on the podcast before, how in the first 10 seconds that you meet somebody, even before you open, like they open their mouth, you open your mouth, they've already decided if you're going to fit in their life and how they're going to fit in your life. And talk about the power of the subconscious mind right there, because you've already identified through judgments and patterns and past experiences about a person that you're just meeting. So we're not realizing right. the power in the subconscious, even just, again, not even talking about trauma, but talking about our day-to-day. Our day-to-day and how and how connected our body is with our mm. subconscious and our mm-hmm. body is our subconscious and our mind and our body and all of those things. Because I, I, I still feel like people separate sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, the body and their mind. And when I'm doing this work, obviously, you know, it's it's one thing to work on our, our beliefs and our emotions, but, you know, let's talk about how is that impacting you 
with your nervous system and your body. And, mm-hmm. you know, clients will come to me as they're working with their doctors and all these mm-hmm. other wonderful healers in their life, but they mm-hmm. will come to me for migraines and other issues. And it all kind of blends together in this way where mm-hmm. we can support a client to help them unlock what are these patterns and what are these condi- the, the conditioning that's happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether we've had you know, the, the perfect home and perfect parents or not, it doesn't matter. We all have conditioning and we all have patterns, whether it's a community, uh, a, a church, uh, you know, societal, whatever it might be, you, you can't live and not have any conditions that have come upon you about the way you think about yourself in the world. And, mm-hmm. and, and we know when something just doesn't feel right, that's when we're not in alignment with our true self. It, you know, we can overcomplicate it all we want, but we know when mm-hmm. mm, something doesn't feel right. And whether you're spiritual or not, we just kind of know when mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right. I'm forcing it and I, I'm supposed to do this. This is what everybody tells me I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I better do it. And I really want to do that other thing. But, you know, this other thing is what everybody says I'll make a lot of money doing or whatever. You know, date mm-hmm. that person, don't date that person. We could go on and on. Eat that thing, don't eat that thing. So, uh, you know, but the conditioning is when we usually eventually it's going to come out. There's some resistance. Mm-hmm. And, in our body somewhere that, that the observation is key. And then, you know, we can talk about self-compassion and all the things we need to do to unlock those, the conditioning. Yeah. I, gosh, the, the conditioning and the stories that we adopt as our own are unbelievable. I had a conversation with a client um, last night talking about how the universe, you know, maps everything out perfectly about this topic and about um, very high achiever client and, really going through these stories that other people had identified for them. They had, you know, concerns about weight loss surgery. And I started talking to this client and I'm like, look, this is the blueprint you've laid out for success of what it looks like to be healthy. Where did that come from? And she went back and said that she had one friend when she was eight years old, start commenting about her body. And that's when she decided her body wasn't right. She told me, I've never had issues with my body until somebody else told me that. So again, adopting this story and she's in her mid thirties now looking at weight loss surgery because it has eight she adopted a story that somebody else oh, told yeah. her her body wasn't right. What I found so amazing is she knew, she remembered. Mm-hmm. She remembered. Yep. She was able and to identify it. You asked, you you directed her there. And it can be, you know, it, it, it takes guidance. It takes someone taking you on that journey sometimes mm-hmm. to help you get there because we don't always think about these things. This is just our life. We've lived it. Right. And You know, you can have, if you have siblings, it's always a great way to see that it's the meaning we attach to something. Mm -hmm. I I sometimes look at my brother over, you know, Christmas dinner and go, did you grow up in the same house I did? Mm Because that's not what I remember. And we have different meanings that we've attached to things. Is that my mom didn't say, is that the same mom? Do we have Mm -hmm. the same, you know, so it's the meaning we attach and, and that is the only thing that matters. And let's, let's go from there. And and understand what meaning did you attach to it and and how are you interpreting it and what is the truth because so much of it isn't even the truth about you mm-hmm. and you've made it your truth and now that is your blueprint mm-hmm. and you're building the house on a blueprint of lies that's not even the truth about you right. uh, you know or your world or how the 
how you fit in the world or what safety means. Mm. This isn't what safety means. This is what we think it is. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, you know, take apart the house a little bit, but you can build a new blueprint Mm -hmm. and then rebuild the house. And that feels incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back to that piece that you were talking about with, um, you know, building literally the the white picket fence idea, right? Of, you know, you're building it on lies to get to what you think you should have. And you're right. It doesn't feel safe. I have, um, I've done a lot of work around Maslow's hierarchy of needs and identifying, mm-hmm. you know, like the physiological, and then you go to the safety needs and identifying and discussing, okay, there's safety needs, you know, that are identified as, you know, employment, money, housing, mm-hmm. a shelter over your head. And then there's also this emotional safety piece, which is really mm-hmm. what we're talking about, where right. what is emotional safety and how do we start addressing also our self-sabotaging behaviors in a way that's appropriately and emotionally safe as well. Right, right. And I'm not sure, you know, when I when I work with someone as as I'm sure you do too, you know, they don't walk in the door and say, I'm pretty sure I feel unsafe. And mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> you know, it's it's um why can't I find love? And why mm-hmm. do I keep, you know, I, I'm I can't get my health together. I can't stick to a diet or mm-hmm. um, you know, my husband says if I still don't stop spending money, then you know, things aren't gonna go well. Or, you know, it, you know, it's these other life things that are very real. So mm-hmm. it's not until we start digging that we find out so, so often, yeah, it's about being safe. And of course, right. Of course. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's our, our mind is going to do whatever it needs to do to believe whatever it needs to believe to keep us safe and alive. And it doesn't care if it's right or wrong or good or mm-hmm. bad. And it doesn't know how old we are. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't care. <laughs> right. Um, so we do have to update it and upgrade it and care for it and love it and see it and hear it and validate it. Mm. So. Yeah, that age piece that you that you just said of, you know, it doesn't know how old we are. Oh, man, I I love that. I think that's such a powerful highlight because it's true of how often are we still living under this idea of what our parents taught us was appropriate and safe. And then being a parent and seeing where there's little fibs to keep your kid from doing certain sure. things or keeping them safe. But adopting that into a human, you know, place. So I think that, you know, highlighting that concept of you're right, we're evolving humans, we're growing in different situations and emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, as well as all the other spaces that we evolve in a holistic, you know, being. So I I love that you highlighted that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, a couple times a week, when I get in my overwhelm, I say, wait, how old do you think I am? And and usually my thought will tell me I'm under 10. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, wait a second, my eight-year-old can't run my business. That's mm-hmm. why you're overwhelmed. <laughs> you right. know, and I'll have a little conversation and, and reparent and say, all right, love I'm it. 54 and we're all good. So yeah, <laughs> love it. So how do we do this? How do we start um, talking to ourselves and getting away from some of those self, self-sabotaging behaviors as well as um, the epidem- epidemic of not being enough? You know, the way we talk to ourselves is is absolutely critical. So what how are we talking to ourselves? Let's mm-hmm. let's listen to that and pay attention and be aware. So we have to observe and we have to, you know, catch ourselves saying things and well, who's the what's the critical voice sound like? And mm-hmm. here I go again, and you know, those types mm-hmm. of things. And the mind is so powerful, it will 
absolutely listen to every word you say and the images that you create in your mind. So I think the easiest thing, you know, if someone doesn't want to do hypnotherapy or something like that, just know the words you say and the images you create in your mind are what creates a blueprint. You know, there's Mm -hmm. other things that create the blueprint, but that can have big impact on your blueprint. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you over and over tell yourself that, you know, you did a great job Uh, for many years, I always felt I didn't, I I didn't accomplish what I needed to in my list of to do's Mm. until I just had a list of what did I do today? I did all these things today. Mm -hmm. Might've been three out of the 80. Well, I should never have had 80 on the list. What was I doing? Miss perfectionist. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I did three. I did three. And so it was building upon those, the positives and what did I do and all those things. And so depending on where you're at, um, I I will never forget a client I had that could not look in the mirror and say she was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it took about six months of this of just, you know, going in the back door, the side door until now she is jumping on the couch singing, you know, all all kinds of songs. She has a whole playlist. She sends it to me and she (laughs) can say it, (laughs) but there was a lot of work to get there. And boy, did that change her blueprint. And she left that job and, you know, is, has a new romance in her life and Mm. just those words. So yeah, talking the words we say to ourselves. Uh, I find that, you know, going in and finding out what is blocking you in the first place is very important. Mm. You know, what, what are, what is your blueprint? Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's stopping you? What are those subconscious beliefs? What are the limiting beliefs that are in the way? And, you know, we all have something and some, some, some of us have trauma on top of that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to address our, our, our bodies and nervous system and all of those things and get the support that we need. And, Um, There's so many incredible things that can work so much quicker than they even did five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely there are. I mean, that's why I feel like one of the main reasons behind why I created this podcast is because, you know, my background is more in that traditional counseling space, but Mm -hmm. it's not one size fits all that we are holistic beings. And I always tell my clients, there are a million different healers and ways to heal and things to practice. Go find what works for you. It's not going to be one size fits all because nobody's the same. We're unique. So I love that, you know, looking at that piece. Um, And I wanted to touch on too that, that part that you talked about of just talking to yourself and the images and the words that you put in your brain. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that idea that you were talking about with your brother at Christmas, you know, dinner and saying, are yeah. we even with the same mom? <laughs> that idea of perception and perspective, right? Because we create that within. And that's again, going back to at the very beginning, we're talking and highlighting this idea of your internal creates your external. Yes. And that's exactly what it's doing. We're creating that blueprint based on the stories like we're talking about. So your language and the images you're showing yourself, even I want to go as far as saying, um, I talked to a client that was really struggling with, um, nightmares and anxiety. And we had done a little bit of work and, you know, she still was coming back with the stuff. And I kind of just was like, okay, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Mm-hmm. Right. What's in your life? And she's like, well, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, okay. So creating even Again, in that subconscious mind, what are the images or what are we creating in our brain that we're listening to even in the background? 
Oh, yeah. You know, and and my lane, you're right about there's something for everyone. And my lane tends to be in the mindset area. Mm -hmm. And I do some energy healing. And Mm -hmm. it's not for everyone. But for those that it is, it's it's a beautiful way to find what works for them. And I always find that they're, you know, they've done other things or tried other things. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not for everyone. And that's perfectly fine. You know, find what works for you. Mm -hmm. But we do a lot of work around you know, what is your, what is your vibration? Is it a low? Mm-hmm. Are you in guilt? Are you in shame? Are you down here? Because it's pretty hard to talk to yourself in a nice way when Oof. you're down here. Yeah. And then when you're, you know, going to watch Netflix and you're going to watch the horror movies or the crime mm-hmm. or the, you're kind of going to stay down there. Mm-hmm. And then you're calling all your friends that, you know, are in that low vibe as well. Right. And you're hanging out with them. Well, guess what? You're going to stay down there. So mm-hmm. what are we going to do to get you up here? So, right. You know, yes, I talk a lot about meditation or prayer, quiet time and stillness and um, breath work and those things to calm people down because I have found with everyone, no one seems to take enough time to have just a moment in the day Mm -hmm. where they just stop and connect with themselves and whatever that looks like. So, yeah, I think that that is such powerful work. I, um, there's a article that was just published a recent study in the Washington post about how anti-anxiety medication and meditation work Mm. in the brain. And it was incredible to read about because anti-anxiety medication used regularly and 10 minutes a day of meditation used regularly actually do the exact same thing in the brain. So if you do it regularly, it shrinks the amygdala, which is where you're at in that fight or flight Mm. space and anxiety. So when you're talking about we don't have enough time, we absolutely don't. The amount of anti-anxiety and antidepressant depressant medications that are being prescribed and not prescribed by a psychiatrist, prescribed by a primary care physician who is not asking all the questions and really sitting with you and exploring what's going on is just go is insane how much it has increased. Yes. So oh. I love that, you know, you're focusing on spending that quiet time with yourself because that's when you give yourself, first of all, the permission to mm-hmm. see what's coming up and to feel your feelings and to express all those feelings. Cause every single emotion is yes. healthy to feel in a human life. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I talk to my clients all the time about that. Piece. Thank you. Um, but it's so powerful just being in that space with yourself. And again, it's an unknown. So we get really uncomfortable when that's the case. We sure do. And, you know, I know you've heard we get more of what we feel. So mm-hmm. we, what are we feeling? Let's mm. talk about oh, my gosh. Yes. So, you know, and, 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 and oftentimes I find that peace and joy are just not familiar to someone. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. never had that feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's very foreign to feel calm and it, it's not, doesn't even feel safe to get calm. Yep. So, you know, this is, you know, we have to take certain baby steps to get there, but you can learn these things. And mm-hmm. I, I walked that journey. I know that mm-hmm. I was on the anxiety meds and mm-hmm. all that for years and years and had to go off of it you know, against through meditation, through Mm -hmm. learning different techniques and and have lived that journey. So, and, and understand it personally. So, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I actually um, have the very similar story with that. I um, did the same thing and found that 
you know, I didn't need to be on those things if I was taking care of my mindset and my body and spiritually being connected by meditation and, you know, doing things that bring me joy and making time and space for myself or showing up to an appointment. One of the biggest things we're talking about, you know, self-sabotaging behavior and um, the subconscious messages. I talk about my, or with my clients, this idea of when you do self-care, setting a date with yourself on the calendar and it's non-negotiable because if you don't show up again, you're reinforcing that you're not worthy, that Mm -hmm. you're not worth that time. Yeah. You're not important. And you know, you wouldn't do that with someone that meant something to you. So Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. I love that. I'm going to take that. Yeah, please do. I mean, I do it with myself, but I love that assignment for other people. I love that. I, I think it's great because, and even going back to, um, it made me think of the list piece again, when you were talking about, you know, how, when we only get three things out of the 80 things done on our to-do list, how guilty we all are of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I had this conversation with two clients this week about (laughs) the, um, list of threes, our brains work in smaller numbers, right? And because when we complete those things on our our to-do list, we show ourselves and we reinforce that message that we were successful that we completed something because how defeating does it feel like you mentioned when you have 80 things on your to-do list, just like everybody else, right? but you completed three to five things. That's right. And feeling into it, feeling into, it's like that gratitude list. Like I'm grateful for my dog and my house Mm -hmm. and I have food. Okay. Good night. No, 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 no. Yeah. Feeling Mm -hmm. into and really embodying it. And then when you do accomplish something, what does that feel like? The more you feel into it, you raise your vibration and Mm -hmm. the more likely you are to be a magnet for it. So, you know, we are a magnet and a match for our vibration and we get more of what we feel. So don't just check it off, right? Feel it, feel Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, and that's an exercise. I love it. Yeah. I think that's a great one because it's very true. Even with, you know, highlighting the idea, we've talked a lot about language, but the piece of feeling because as you mentioned, some people don't even know what they're feeling. I I mean, how often are we going through a day and we're like, I'm feeling angry right now. I'm feeling joyful right now. Right. You don't. But labeling that so you know what it is so that you can recreate it in your body and also experience it and experience more of it you want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, journaling's not for everyone, but writing it down is so powerful. So whatever, whatever resonates or works for you, but the power of, of making it happen and writing it down. Make, mm-hmm. There's something about making it real and looking at it and saying, huh, what is that feeling? I am, I, I always write, I, Christina, am feeling blank and let's just see what happens, mm, you know, I or because, that. because, and sometimes I'll add just like when, ooh, ooh, just like when in sixth grade, that girl did that thing to me. It's mm-hmm. like, just like when, ooh, yes, this is familiar. And it takes us back and brings us back to, okay, yeah, this is repeat. Okay. I'm Mm. seeing a pattern. Yeah. I love that. I was going to say, that's exactly what you were talking about earlier of a beautiful way to start identifying some of those patterns of Mm self-sabotage in a space. That's not oh crap. Here I go doing it again. It's, oh, I felt this. And when did I feel that before? What was going on? Right. And when we see the, when we see the patterns, you're right. It's not a beat up Mm -hmm. of ourselves. It's this is gold. I get to, Mm -hmm. I get to find out where the gold is now. And we, this isn't the truth. And we get to rewire now. We get to explore that and get curious about that. So Mm -hmm. hope is so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, um, 
I remembered what I was going to say at the very beginning when I kind of just had my bl- my mind go blank. Um, <laughs> when we were talking about, I mean, it's real real and raw. I don't edit. So this is how I show up. <laughs> um, with the internal and the external, again, highlighting that idea, we go from a very backwards approach of going back to that idea of external validation where we are wanting other people to accept us. So we morph into these different places with different facades when the truth is that nobody can accept us until we accept ourselves, because mm-hmm. then we're not believing that we are worthy and valuable. So why is anybody else going to believe that? Absolutely. We're we're born enough. We are born approved of. We're born with everything we need. A baby is not, you know, saying, please don't take my picture. I have food on my face and, mm-hmm. you know, poopy diaper. We're born, we're born enough. We're so going back to that, those core values and knowing we have the answers inside ourselves, mm-hmm. getting that is that's personal power instead of that circumstantial power that you're talking about in the external yeah. personal power. So love that. Um, well, I feel like I could keep talking to you for so this. long. Um, Thank you it was so much. such a beautiful topic, of course. And then for our listeners, um, I'm going to put all of Christina's information where you can find her and how to get a hold of her in the episode notes. Make sure you take advantage of that. Um, and as always, thanks for spending time with us. I know your time is valuable. So subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you liked. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.